Thank you for listening to Sozo Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information on Sozo Church, visit sozospokane.com. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Uh, is any, anybody else angry at the government this morning? Stealing an hour of your life? Some of y'all don't even notice it anymore because you have smartphones, so you don't even realize technology stole from your life. Uh, <laughs> my, my alarm went off this morning and my body said no. It's like, no, this is not, no. Um, it's good to be in the house. Hey, my name is Mark. Uh, my wife and I serve as the lead pastors here. It really is. I know it's been said, but we really mean it. It's, it's an honor and a privilege to get to, to gather with you and, and to, to be together and to, to open God's word and worship Jesus and, and, uh, and be together. So th- thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Thanks for being together. Uh, whether you're here in person or whether you're online, thanks for, for being a part. Um, I, I, before we get to the word, I need to, to do a couple of quick things uh, th- this morning. Um, you know, I, I was just reminded as we were, as we were praying for Chris, I mean, some of y'all have gotten the chance to interact with her and get to know her and, and, and know the, the, the great well of, of uh, I think the biblical word would be awesomeness that's inside of her. Um, but it's, it's just interesting to me as I, as I was pondering this, just how you can go to church with somebody, come on, and not recognize all that the Lord is doing in and through them. Um, I mean, to, 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 to stop and realize that, that the ministry that, that Chris and her family are doing in the Philippines is quite literally reshaping that nation. And y'all just have been going to church with her. <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's amazing and it's significant. And, and, and thinking about that reminded me of, of something else, and that is that, just track with me for a second. A, a, a little church in Spokane gets to so financially into a ministry in the Philippines that's just one ministry in the Philippines, and the Philippines is just one nation in the world, and yet we're all tied in with all that God is doing in the earth. I mean, just, just the reality of that is, is, is beyond significant to me, and, and I think it, it behooves us to stop and, and recognize, to realize, to acknowledge, please hear me, that God is doing more in the earth than just what he's doing in your own life. Is anybody grateful for what the Lord's doing in their life? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that the Lord's at work and he's, he's moving in our midst and he's, he's, he's making himself more and more and more real to each and every one of us. But, but, but God is doing so much in the earth. And so today we, we're going to take a moment here and I, I want to do this as, um, hear, hear me if you can hear this word, as cleanly as possible. Um, we, we're going to take up an offering this morning. We're going to receive an offer, not take up. We're going to receive. You're going to give freely. Uh, we, we just talked about our regular financial, you know, just generosity and giving that we do as, as people who belong here. We, we give here. Amen. You're a generous people. We sow, we give. But this morning, we're going to take up a special offering for churches in Ukraine. And I want you to hear what I just said. We're taking up, uh, we're receiving a special offering, special giving for churches in Ukraine. 
So today we have an opportunity to, to demonstrate, to, to bear witness to the reality of two things. One, that we are citizens of a superior kingdom. And two, that we love the brethren everywhere they are. Whether they look like us, talk like us, walk like us, whether they have services like ours, whether they have services that you and I wouldn't recognize at all as Christian, we love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, amen? And so, so, so I'm aware, I'm aware, I'm aware that this is a, a complicated topic for some of you, right? I'm aware that for some of you, your allegiances lie in one side or the other, and what I'm coming here to tell you is stop it. Second Timothy tells us that if, if, we're, if we're inscripted into the army of the Lord, we shouldn't give ourselves to civilian matters. We have brothers and sisters, here's what we know. As conflict rages in Ukraine, people are suffering. Can I get an amen from anybody who is at least willing to agree on that, right? People are suffering. And so if people are suffering in Ukraine, that means believers who are in Ukraine are suffering. And the scriptures tell us when our brothers suffer, we suffer. And so we, we want to take a moment and acknowledge that suffering. The other piece of that puzzle is this, where suffering is happening, how many of you know it's a, it can often be a fertile ground for gospel ministry to take place? And so we want to partner with the churches, our brothers. This isn't going to the government. This isn't going to some relief organization. This isn't going to any of that. It's going to our brothers and sisters in the Lord on the ground in Ukraine. This is not a political act, nor is it a statement of which side is right. It's merely an acknowledgement that our brothers and sisters are suffering. Uh, if you've got to, Turn your attention to the screen. I just want to read one, one passage here where Paul talks about something similar. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, we're going to read 1 through 5. He says, uh, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Catch what that just said. That's, that is a jacked up description of somebody's current situation. Severe test of affliction, abundance of joy, and extreme poverty overflows in a wealth of generosity. Paul's talking out of both sides of his head because he's recognizing, yes, there's a reality of where we are, but there's also a supernatural reality that is superior to the reality of where we are. So he's talking about a gift that was given. So verse three, it says, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. That's what we're doing this morning, the relief of the saints. The relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves, this is your, this is your, this is your instructions, first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. I'm not asking you to give anything that Jesus isn't asking you to give but I am asking you to give way more than your political opinion would lead you to think you should. Got real quiet in here. Well, I don't really know, I kinda, I'd shut your face. That was nicer than what I was about to say. See, I'm the righteousness of God, it's, it's coming. Saturating it, it's coming up. All right, what we're doing this morning is we're receiving, we're receiving an offering in partnership with MFI. So MFI is the, the global network of churches that we're a part of, Ministers Fellowship International. And so we reached out to them. They said, yeah, we've got, we've got church leaders on the ground in Ukraine that we can get money to. Cool. So we're gonna receive this and we're going to give it 100% of what comes in 
uh, to Ukraine to the local churches in Ukraine to use as they see fit for the work of the ministry on the ground there. No, we're not gonna ask a reporter like, well, what did you do? I don't care. When you give a gift to your brother, he can buy whatever he wants, amen? That's between him and Jesus. Okay, so if, if you wanna give this morning, we're not gonna do this like we normally do and kick the band back up and then we're gonna come forward and throw money because I, I don't wanna want give you an excuse to not obey the Lord. So, so you need to, like, like Paul said, right, give yourself first to the Lord, set your attention, your affection on him, right? Set your, your, your imagination, ask Holy Spirit, say, what, what is it you would have us give? And just be obedient to that. I'm not, I'm not asking anymore. You can give, you can go to the website, you can text uh, the number, just pick the special offering uh, option and all that'll go there. If you wanna give a check, just drop it off in one of the boxes. If you wanna give cash, grab one of the envelopes on the back, black boxes, and just note on there that it's for a uh, special offering or Ukraine or whatever you want. Uh, if you're writing a check for that, make sure we know that in the memo as well. I think that's how checks work. I don't know. Um, let us know there, and that'll be awesome. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, well, Want to do a quick, one more quick housekeeping thing. Thank you to everybody who, uh, who served, who made, made Lostology possible this last weekend. Thank you for everybody who attended. If you attended, will you give me a quick whoop whoop? It was good. It was awesome. Uh, here's what I want to encourage you. If you were unable to attend, uh, find somebody who just whoop whooped. And uh, maybe, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make everybody who showed up to Lostology like me more. If you came to Lostology, make sure you let people know that because if you didn't go and you wanna learn about it, uh, take them out to lunch today. Yeah. Buy them lunch and they'll, they'll share all about it with you. Uh, they'll tell you all about it. It'll be, it'll be worth the price of lunch. Um, uh, just, just, just it, it was amazing teaching, amazing, phenomenal impartation uh, from, from honestly one of my favorite people. So uh, it's a good day to be in the house. It was a good, it was a good weekend. It was awesome. Good momentum. I think especially as we look at uh, Easter coming up and just a, an unprecedented opportunity every year we have to, to uh, be effective witnesses of, of the kingdom, amen? It's good to kind of brush up on our lostology, on our hearts toward those that we, we, would, we would recognize as being lost. So it's a good day. Uh, let's jump in now on our series in John. We're in this series, we've been walking through the Gospel of John uh, for, for a while. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's been good, it's been, it's been fruitful in our life. We, we're in this series specifically because John said he wrote it so that we might come to believe that Jesus is who he said he is, that he did what he said he did, that he accomplished what he said he accomplished, that what he spoke to us, the message he gave us, is not only fact, but it is superior to fact. Come on, it is truth, it is eternal truth, it's always been truth, it'll always be truth, amen? Doesn't shift or change just because of of current situations or circumstances. And so we've been really spending some time uh, on this. So if you got your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 15. We're just gonna be in John this morning. Uh, not gonna go anywhere else. Uh, we're just gonna hang out in John again. So get your Bibles, John 15, verse one. Let's stand to our feet for the reading of God's word. We love the Bible, amen? Because yeah. it shows us Jesus, Amen. That's why we love it. We don't love it because it's a rule book we have to follow. We don't love it because of a religious obligation. We don't love it because we're just intellectuals and we know how to read better than other people. We love it because through the scriptures, we see Jesus. And through Jesus, we know what God, exactly what God is like, amen? It's impossible to know God completely, but it is absolutely necessary to know God correctly. So we wanna know him correctly and that's what, that's what the word does for us. So let's, let's turn our hearts to it. John 15, one says, Jesus speaking, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear 
more fruit. Verse three, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. Don't miss that, that there's a mutual abiding here. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Let's pray together this morning and thank God for his word. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. Lord, we choose to be a people who rejoices at the declaration of your word, not the demonstration of your word. We don't need to see it before we believe it, Lord. We choose to be a people that receive what it is that you speak, and we believe that what you speak has the authority, has the power, has the capacity to transform any and every circumstance. Holy Spirit, if you could make everything out of nothing by the power of your word, how much more can you transform the areas of need in our life by just a word? So we receive your word this morning. We come desperate, hungry, in great need, Lord, of hearing your word. Yes, we've heard it before. Yes, we've, we've, we've heard it. We hear it week after week. Lord, yes, we, 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 we might read it on a regular basis. We might live in it every day, and yet we still continually come needing your word. You were, you were speaking truth, Lord, when you said that your word is like bread to our souls. We need it. We need it. We need it. So we come to you, God, hungry for your word. Lord, I pray for those that don't, don't feel their hunger. Lord, would you, would you awaken our awareness to our own hunger? Make us aware of our, of our spiritual need for your word, that we might come with hungry appetites. For you said that you give bread to the eater, and so we want to be eaters of your word so we can receive the bread of your word. God, as we receive your word, let it go deep within to the, 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 into our spirits, deep within the fiber and the makeup of our being. God, God rearrange and adjust and shift and push and, and, and make, make, make changes to the way we, we, we perceive and the way we practice, the way we process everything that comes at us. Lord, we live in a day where so much information is thrown at us. God, give us a supernatural capacity to process everything that we hear by the authority, by the power, by the spirit of your word. Transform us on the inside so much, God, that it changes the way we live. God, I'm praying today that you would, you would adjust, Holy Spirit, that you would adjust even things we don't know we believe, but that are limiting us in our pursuit of all that you have for us. Shift those things, change those things, adjust those things. We come to you, God, ready to repent, ready to admit and acknowledge and abandon erroneous things that we've believed about you. 
God, that we might be transformed like you predestined us to be evermore into the image of Jesus. That we might accurately represent who you are in the earth, that you might be glorified and that all people everywhere might know the good that is theirs in you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Come on, everybody said? Amen. Greet somebody around you real fast and grab a seat. Amen, amen, amen. Friendly church. Friendly church. It's almost like you guys like each other or something. It's almost like y'all like each other. Imagine that, being obedient to the word, liking each other, loving each other. It's a good day to be in the house. Um, If you're taking notes, uh, I want to talk to you. We've sort of been in this track for a little bit here over the last few weeks. We sort of stumbled into uh, what we called Liberation Day, amen? And, uh, and we've sort of been tracking with that. And so what I've been trying to do is, is make our way through this. Uh, and I've been, I've been going slowly but surely, far more slowly than surely um, th- through this. But, but I want to make sure that we all get this because he, here's, here's my heart. There will come a time where, where the Lord will begin to speak something else to us, right? Because it's a conversation, Amen. Right? It's, a, it's a dialogue, so he, he's going to continue to speak. And, and, and here's my worry as, as a shepherd, as a pastor, because um, what you have to understand is that, that as a shepherd, I, I'm, I'm not, and all the other pastors here, n- none of us are the shepherd, we're just a shepherd. We're, we're just serving the shepherd, and he gets to direct where we go. And so, so what, what I don't want to have happen is, is some of us miss, come on, where he has us now and be lost in where he's bringing us next. So, so I've got a lot to cover this morning and we've already had a full morning. So I'm, I don't want to rush through this. I'm going to go as far as I can. I don't think I'm going to get through uh, today all that, that we have. Um, so if you're taking notes, here, here's, here's the deal. We'll, we'll call this, I've been trying to name these somewhat similar so it's easy to go back and find them, the ones that are connected, uh, the language of liberty. We're gonna talk about the language of liberty. Now that's not the title I wanted to give it this morning because I'm trying to be, uh, you know, like I said, kind of lump all these together with this idea of liberation and liberty. What I wanna call it, and if you wanna be my friend, uh, you'll let me call it, is it's all Greek to me. Because <clears throat> we're, we're, if, if you're here and you love Greek word studies. If you, maybe if you're new, you're, you don't really kind of know this about the Bible. The, the New Testament was predominantly, almost exclusively uh, uh, given to us in Greek. Um, so that, hence the, the Bible nerd joke. Um, uh, and, and if you love it when a pastor dives into Greek, uh, you, you, you're going to have fun this morning. If you don't, sorry. Um, <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna dive into some Greek this morning. We're, we're going to try to chew through this as much as we can. Uh, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to overload us too much with it. But I think there's some things here that we need to make sure that we are together on. You, you, you following with me? So that we can continue to move through this, and none of us get stuck. So, so um, he, let, let me say this: 
um, I don't give out my email address because I don't want you to email me. I give it out because if, if there are things you're, you're wrestling with and struggling with, uh, get in a belong group, that's a great way to do it. Uh, you, you should not be wrestling alone, amen? You should, you should wrestle with somebody else because he, here's the reality. Um, if, if, if some of y'all, some of y'all know, share with me in my nerdy hobby of following World's Strongest Man. Anybody watch World's Strongest Man? I love World's Strongest Man. It's super fun. Nobody really watches it. It's like the nerdiest thing ever. It's guys that look completely out of shape proving that they could rip you in half. And, uh, and, and two, two of the world's strongest men ever, arguably the two strongest men that have ever lived on the planet quite possibly that we know of, uh, have a feud with one another and somebody decided that was a good way to make money. So they got two of the, literally the two strongest people that ever lived, a guy that we call Thor and a guy named Eddie Hall, and they decided to pay them each a million dollars to get into a ring and beat each other up and we can watch it tomorrow or on Saturday. And I will be watching it. Because <laughs> that's just... It's free, so that's literally free entertainment, right? I have no idea what's gonna happen. I, I think I know what's gonna happen, but we don't need to get there. But, but here's my point. If you knew, if you track with me, if you knew that, that you had to get into the ring with either one of those dudes, right? These, these guys are like over 300 pounds and still you can see all their muscles. That's scary, right? If you knew you had to get in the ring, how many of you would take a friend Right, you'd take backup, right? You would not take yourself, you would take, you would take all the help you can get. Right? You would take every cheater tool they would let you take into the ring, you would take it. Right? If you were smart, the cheater tool you would take would be a gun, because that's probably the only thing that's gonna help you. And even that, they can probably eat at least half of whatever ammo you bring in, right? And, uh, and you, you'd take help. Here's what I'm saying. You, you know you're gonna lose that fight, right? You know there's no way you're gonna win it. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. When you wrestle with the Bible, you're not gonna win. So bring a friend, right? Have them help you in that wrestling. You're still not gonna win, but it'll make it less painful for you to lose. Okay, so, so if there are things that you're struggling with here, please, if, if you're in a belong group, bring it to that belong group, but if, if, if not, or even if you are, but you still want, please, Mark, M-A-R-K, at sozospokane.org. I don't give it out because I don't want you to email me. I give it out because I do... I, I want to be able to help us walk through this, amen? And I don't always know exactly how each person uh, is, is kind of processing all this. So let's, let's go through. I'm gonna try to do the review as quick as possible. Um, we, we've talked about this passage, Jesus here, at the, the, the last night he's spending with his, his disciples. He's trying to correct the way they see themselves, the way they see God, and the way they see their relationship with God. We've said this, I've tried to summarize this with this simple statement, you are a branch abiding in the true vine, cared for by the vine dresser, destined to bear much fruit. That's me summarizing the first 10, 11 verses of chapter 15 of, the, uh, of John. This is kind of, in a summary, what Jesus is trying to say. So to be clear, to be abundantly clear, this is spoken exclusively to believers. Now, now listen, and I need, I need, I need Sozo people to, to respond here in a second. If you are a, a guest with us this morning, you're, you're just sort of exploring what it means to follow Jesus. You just kind of heard about the church and you're just here, somebody invited you. You're just trying to figure out this Jesus Bible gospel church. You don't even know what half those words mean, but you're just kind of here checking this out. Like we are pumped that you're here. Like, like, like part of why we do what we do is so that you can be here, amen? Right, like, but here's the other thing you gotta realize. We're, we're, we're a family, right? And so you, you came into a family, right? And, and, and so we, sometimes families have to talk and our, our doors are always open, but sometimes families still have to talk, amen? 
So this is one of those family talks. Here's why that's awesome when it comes to, when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to Jesus. Because anybody, anybody, anybody can be in the family. So, so, so you might not be in the family right now, but if you'll, if you'll hang out, if you'll listen to me, by the end, at the end, I'll tell you how you can be in the family. And then what you can do is you can take everything that was said in the message and realize that, that then at that instantly, everything that I'm saying does apply to you. How awesome is that? How good is our God? Right? Like, it do, it, there's, there's a distinction. Come on. There's a, there are people that are family. There's people who are not family, right? But the cool thing about our family is it's an, it's an inclusive family, not an exclusive family. Anybody can be in. And you go, well, you don't know my past. You don't know the past of most of the people sitting around you. <laughs> Come on. And here's a better answer to that. thought of this this week. People say, because I genuinely get this. When I, I'll preach the gospel, I'll share the gospel with somebody, I'll, I'll even hear somebody come up, hey, I know you said all that stuff, but you don't know what I did. No, the problem is not that I don't know what you, you did. The problem is you don't know what he did. Because what he did trumps what you did. Well, I, I did it like last night. He did it 2,000 years ago. He wins. <laughs> you're, a true branch, you're a branch, abiding in the true vine, cared for by the vine dresser, destined by fortune. If you're a believer, if you're in Christ, that is you. Amen? My plan is to, to try to unpack each of these over the next several weeks. So far, we've kind of been hanging out in these first two. Talking about our uh, branchness, branch, branch, branchity, branch, oh, branch, branchification. Talking about our branchification and uh, the, the reality that we abide in, in, in the true vine. Amen? So, so that's, that's what we've been talking about. So let me just say this. You are called to abide in him. Jesus calls you, 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 not, not your mama, not your aunt Betty, not, not your cousin Lenny. Come on. You, Jesus calls you to abide in him. That is the call. That is the, the call of this verse. I, I struggle. Like, do I say invite? Do I say welcome? Do I say command? I think the, the most accurate word we can use here is that he calls you to do this. This is the call to disciples to do this. And, and what's awesome to me is this is kind of a progression we've seen, right? First, Jesus just says generally to people, come to me. He says, come to me. Then once people are there, he says, follow me. But now at the end, it seems the end of the progression is him saying, not, not, no, don't just, listen, listen, don't just come to me. Don't just be with me. Don't just follow and walk with me, but, but abide, live, dwell in me. He's pushing us down this path. So abide, we, we've defined it this way, to abide is to rest and remain in the life-giving union and, in, and, and intimacy of mutual indwelling. To abide is to rest and remain in the life-giving union and intimacy of mutual, we, we pointed that out in the text, right? We abide in him, he abides in us. There's this mutual indwelling. There's this, 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 this mixture without, without polluting the other. We're called to do this. The way I've been trying to communicate it to us is your one job is to rest. Your, 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 your labor is to rest. The thing that you should be fighting to do is to be at peace. The war in your life is to be at peace. If you're saying amen to that, you probably don't understand what I'm saying. Because you should be looking at me like I bumped my head. I should fight to rest. Yes, because everything, listen, everything tells you that you shouldn't rest, except Jesus who tells you to rest. 
So the fight that we have is ignoring all the other messages and only listening to his message. To believe Jesus is to believe Jesus exclusively. Not Jesus plus other stuff, but to exclusively grab a hold of what it is that he would speak, what it is that he would say to us. Your job is to rest, to abide, to to dwell in this mutual indwelling. Because see, the father, who Jesus calls the vine dresser, loves and cares for the son, who is called the true vine, and we are caught in that love. The way I've said this is that we are to live at the apex of the Trinity's internal intimacy and affection. The father loves the son, the son loves the father, amen? And, 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 And the way they express that is by the father as a vine dresser caring for the son as the true vine. And and here we are, a little offshoot, a little branch, caught up in this exchange, caught up in this swirl of the the very Godhead himself, the Trinitarian God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit all together at work. We get caught up in the midst of that. We get we get wrapped up into all of it as we are called to abide, to rest, to live our lives in that. So as long as we uh, abide, we receive this care. So then the the command, the call, the the invitation, whatever you want to call it, the the thing you are commanded to do is to abide. That's what John 15 is about, is you learning to abide, to rest, and when you're done resting, to rest some more. And then when you think you've rested enough, you just keep resting. And you go, no, no, when 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 I've rested enough, then I I get up and I go do stuff. No, 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 we learned this, right? When we get up and we try to do stuff on our own, it doesn't produce anything of, of the spirit. It doesn't produce anything of the promise. It doesn't produce anything of faith. It doesn't produce anything of laughter and joy. I, I, I was, I was, talking to somebody about the, the story of how the church plant part of our church got planted and, and how the timing all worked out. And, and I remember uh, when, when, when the Lord rekindled this call on my wife and I to move to Spokane and, and to, to, to start Sozo, what we now lovingly refer to as Sozo 1.0, the church plant portion. Before the merge with Sozo Church and, and Rock of Ages, uh, we, we call that Sozo 1.0. And, and, and I was telling them about this and I said, well, man, once God told you to just rush out and do it, and I said, no, we didn't. Because the Lord spoke something to us and he told us to wait until he opened the door. And I remember asking him one day, I said, why do I need to wait? I know the door's right. I know where I'm supposed to go. I know what I'm supposed to do. Like, just let me go do it. Like, I, the door's right there. I, I have, you know, I, I started quoting verses that aren't in the Bible. <laughs> the Lord helps those that help themselves. Don't want to be a pot calling a kettle black. And I just, you know, like run to the door, right? Like, and he's what he said to me. He said, if you open that door, you'll have to keep it open. But if you let me open the door, it'll be my responsibility to keep the door open. And I'm so glad that in my, I, listen, you, you got to understand. I'm not trying to talk bad. I'm not going to share any details because I want to be honoring. But we were in a, um, what's the church way to say it? Really sucky place. We didn't want to be there anymore. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? Like, we wanted to leave. And it, was, it, it wasn't about the place. It was about the fact that we wanted to be there. How many, how many of y'all remember, how many of y'all are married and you, you remember what it was like to be engaged? Right, like worst season ever. 
It's like having your permit. It's like you can drive, but not really. Like, you belong to one another, sort of. Like, this is dumb. Right? Like, we, we knew it was there. We, we wanted to go. There, there was something in us that said the next thing. But we said, no, no, no. We've, we need to wait. Come on. We need to rest and wait for the Lord to do. Because if I do it, what we've been, the, the language we've been using is I birthed Ishmael. Come on. That then stops me from actually being able to have a house filled with laughter. And I'm so grateful that we waited because here's the deal. When, 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 the, door, when the Lord opened the door, we knew it was the Lord. There was no way around it. Everybody in our life acknowledged that it was the Lord. And I'm so grateful because once we walked through the door, we went from one sucky place to a suckier place. <laughs> because when, like all my friends that planted churches that I talked to, they were like, yeah, it's great, it's awesome, it's challenging, but it's so good. And what I failed to realize is they had really big churches that gave them really big checks and really big teams of people and sent them to plant the church. We just had us and like, four other stupid adults that were dumb enough to move here with no money. And the thing was like, none of us had any money. Like get a job. It's like, I played with teenagers for the previous 12 years of my life. I was completely unemployable. I know this because I applied for jobs every day. And I got, I remember, I'll never forget the interview. I went to one interview and I went and I do the interview and they keep asking me like these questions about my youth ministry career. And the job had nothing to do with youth ministry. And I was like, can I ask like, are, are you hiring a youth pastor? Because I don't know why. And they go, no, no, we don't want to hire you. You're not qualified. We just wanted to figure out what the frick you did for the last 12 years. <laughs> it's like, can I get reimbursed for my gas? <laughs> like, Because I could have done this over the phone. Um, but here's the deal. When we walked through, we knew it was the Lord. So there was grace to walk through the season. Amen? So, so we don't rest until we feel strong enough to go do it on our own. We rest to show that he's the only one strong enough to do it for us. So we're called to rest. We're called to abide. We are called to abide in him. So then the, the, all the warnings here need to be interpreted under that lens. So we get to verse 6, and it says, if anyone does not if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So verse 6, hear me, is a warning about abiding, not a warning about being unfruitful. See, religion comes and tells you, you said, I, I thought we were in a church, I thought we were religious. This is not a, Jesus didn't, oh, bit, bit, hot, 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 hot take, hot take, hot take. Jesus did not come to earth to start a religion called Christianity. Jesus came to earth to abolish all religions and show us that the only way to get to the Father is through him. See, all religion is about us. The word religion, literally, it's a practice of how we get to or please God. And everybody's got a religion because everybody's got a God. Everybody's got something they're trying to give their life to please to. Most people's gods look like themselves. That's not true. Most people's gods look like themselves that they think they look like. I'm getting to the age now where we'll, we'll be walking. Two things happen to me when I walk in the mall. One, I don't understand anything. I'm officially to that age where I just look around I'm like, what the frick? When did t-shirts become dresses, ladies? I don't understand this. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm just lost. I don't understand. Like, things are in the windows. I'm like, what are they going to put the real clothes on the mannequins, right? 
But the other fun thing, this is new for me, I'm walking in the mall and, and then I look over and there's some really funny looking old dude walking next to me and I look over and oh no, 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 that's just my reflection in the glass. <laughs> we, we, we project an image of what we wanna look like, not what we really look like and we worship that and we'll give everything to that. And we'll try to acquire that and we'll try to, we'll sacrifice for that and we'll, 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 we'll do whatever we have to do to please that so that we get the pleasure ourselves in that. And Jesus comes and he abolishes all that. He proves to us that all those things are false. All those things will fail us. Again, I've tried to teach you this, but, but, but the problem with idolatry, the problem with worshiping other things, with the problem with worshiping anything other than the living God, why we say that he alone is worthy of all the glory and the honor and praise, why he's worthy, that, that word worthy means capable, Right? Only he's capable of receiving all of it because everything else in your life that you try to worship, that you try to give glory and honor and praise and power and authority and dominion to in your life, either it will fail you and then here's what happens, you have to pay when it fails you. Right? When it comes crumbling down, when you put all of your hope and all of your faith and all of these, when you, when you figure out who you are and you feel safe and you feel happy because you have a lot of, of zeros behind your money in the bank, right? When you have a big bank account, when the, when, when the price of money, which changes, by the way, if we haven't figured that out yet, we should, right? When, 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 when either how much money you have or how much money your money is goes away, changes, with you, if your identity shifts, if your security shifts, if your happiness diminishes, it's an idol, and you're paying the price for the idol's failure. But here's the other thing. If you start sucking at your job, and you can't make as much money, and you fail your idol, guess who pays? You do. So the problem with idols is, is they're, un, they're, they're incapable of bearing the weight that we put on them, and when they are crushed by the weight that we put on them, we suffer. Jesus came to say, no, no, it's not about you getting to God, it's about God, oh, come on, Christmas, Emmanuel. It's about God stepping into your story. It's not about you getting to God, it's about God getting to you. This is why I say Jesus didn't come to establish a religion. Because religion is about you getting to God. Jesus came to show you that he came to you. So he comes down, he, he breaks through, he, he enters into, come on, our story. And religion tells us that, that, that in order to abide, all religions, in order to abide, in order to have access to your God, you have to be fruitful. You have to be productive. You have to labor. You have to strive. You have to do. And, and Jesus comes and says, no, it's actually the opposite. You have to abide in order to be fruitful. J.O. said something uh, this week that I'm going to give him credit for one time, and then after that, I'm claiming it as my own. So good job being here today. So he, he, he gave a, a, an analogy that I loved. He said, you, you could put a medical doctor, right? Somebody who's a, a, a medical doctor, general practice doctor, right? And, 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 a, and a gynecologist in a room together, they know everything there is, there is to know about the reproductive system. And yet, no babies will be made because of their knowledge. But if you get two stupid kids, and you put them in a car together, how many of y'all know babies are coming? Right, because intimacy is the requirement for, pre, for reproduction, not knowledge. Right, intimacy is the requirement. I know lots of y'all are, 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 are practicing that because like I told y'all before, there's a petition to rename our church, Our Ladies of Perpetual Conception, because y'all just keep getting pregnant. I'm cool with this. As long as it doesn't, the anointing doesn't come to my house, I'm good with it. 
well, I'll pray for you. you. Amen. Heard from, from one, one couple here recently that they were, they were actually praying at the beginning of the year. They were praying for their businesses, they thought. And they were saying, Lord, make us fruitful. And then they found out they were pregnant. And they said, Lord, did you not hear our prayer? <laughs> Business. <laughs> this is an expense. <laughs> like, condoms are cheaper than diapers. That's just, just throw that out there. Um, <laughs> Did he just say that? Did he just really say that? Yeah, he said that. Okay, so what we've got to understand is you're not, you're not required to be fruitful so you can be intimate. You have to be intimate to be fruitful. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm hammering on this because I don't want to deny verse six. Verse six is there as a warning to make us remember to do what? The cheat is on the screen. Come on, what, what is verse six there to warn us to do, to remind us to do? Abide. Is it there to tell us to be fruitful? No, it's not, it's not, it's not. So, so here's what I want to do. I want to go back to verse 2 because I, 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 some of you have communicated to me, others have communicated through other people to me, that some of you are still struggling with this, this thing that I'm trying to teach us. So I'm going to spend time with this. If you're with us, just take this as an as a added bonus. If you're still struggling with it, listen. And if by the end you're still struggling, email me. And after we exchange emails, repent. Um, every branch in me, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. If you've been tracking with us, you know that I've been trying to teach you, hear the words that I'm saying. I'm trying to teach you that the Greek in this text for take away should not be translated take away. I'm not telling you, apparently what I've communicated in the past, is that I don't like that, so I want to change it. That, that's, 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 not, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is, is, is being honest with the text, amen, written in another language and doing this. So, so we're going to take some time to look at this this morning because, come on, say it with me, it's all Greek to me. Right? So take away. This, this word take away, we've talked about this before, but let's just let's review, let's, let's go over this. It's the Greek word airo. Airo, if you want to read in Greek, it's in the middle there. If you have a Strong's Concordance, it, there, there's your reference. I'm giving this to you so you can study this on your own. And, and, and then you'll know that I'm right. That wasn't a joke. The jokes were earlier. Um, so G142. Look it up yourself. Here's what you'll find that, that, that the, most direct def, that the most direct translations are. To carry, to take up, to take away. Okay. This is a complicated, complex Greek word. I know it's a short word. That doesn't mean that it's not complicated. And anytime we get into translating words, things can get complicated. Do we, do we, can we track together on that? With like, like words, all the bilingual people in the room are like nodding, like, yup. Right? Like, and and I, I, I need us to get this. I know most of us barely speak English. <laughs> but I want, I want to track, so I'm, I'm going to do some reading to us this morning. So I need you to get how complex this word is. It can be translated all of those ways. It can be translated that way. So it, it's similar. Here's what I want to say. Imagine the, the word. The, the, so so the, more, the more complex the word is. And let me just show you how complex it is. Here's, this is a, a Bible study software that I've got. Uh, that's, that's great. It's called, it's called Logos, which is funny because it's a word we're going to learn in Greek later. Um, this is the word, this is all of the ways in the New Testament it's translated. So you got take, taken, took, picked, picked, 
away, carried away, lifted, bear, tear. All those other ones are so small that they're not going to give you the words. And take, takes are taken. This is, do you see how complicated the word is? It's translated lots of different ways in different portions of the text. It, here, here's what that means is that the more complex a word is, when it needs to be translated, it becomes difficult. And the more complex a word is, the more nuance is required in translation. And when nuance is required, track with me, track with me, context is everything. Here's an example. It, the word funny. Funny. Ha-ha, funny, right? Can mean, can mean amusing or can mean hilarious. So if, 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 if I was trying to figure out which, one of, which, which, which application, if I said, oh, that joke was funny, I don't know whether they mean they, they just found it amusing or they found it hilarious. Now, if they said that joke was so funny, I was laughing and rolling on the floor, they mean it was hilarious. If they say that joke was really funny, it, it made me LOL, which in modern language means I make a sound out of my mouth. <laughs> right? It means it was amusing, right? It's just, it's just amusing. So, so, so you know it by the context. Are you tracking with me? Are we learning, are we learning how to translate now? Okay, so we, we, we have to look at context. Here, here, just again, to hammer home how complex this word is, I, I, I grabbed this. So, so John, so, so the word, the word aro is, it shows up in, in the Greek manuscript, most Greek manuscripts, again, there's an eh, argument, talk to me later, um, about 100 to 102, 105 times in the New Testament. John uses it, and this is me, so you can, if you want, this is an area we can argue and you might be able to win. I went through literally this morning and just counted. John uses it in all of his writings 26 times. So it's a word John seems to like. Here's just a few of the ways that it's translated in John. In, in John 5, 8, he tells the man with the, 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 the crippled legs, right, he's waiting by the pool of Bethesda, he says, take up your mat and walk. In, in John 8, 59, they, they picked up stones to stone him. And I love this one. I love this one. In 1024, the, the, the Pharisees are frustrated with Jesus because to, to, to them, it seems like he's being cryptic about who he is. And they say, how long will you keep us in suspense about who you are? Guess what Greek word it is? There you go. You, that's an easy answer. You, everyone should have gotten that. F minus minus. Um, and then in, in verse, verses 11, or sorry, chapter 11, 41, um, he, Jesus in front of, I love this. Jesus in front of, of Lazarus' tomb, he says, take away the stone. So it's in the wrong place, put it where it needs to go, amen? And then he says, he lifts up his eyes. Same exact word. So do you, listen, do you get right there? That right there should show you how complex the word is. Because one thing got moved to the side and the other got lifted up to heaven. How many of you think when Jesus said, take away the stone, he meant like everybody just overhead press it? No, that's not, that, that's, no, that's a good way to not have shoulders anymore, okay? So it's same word, but translated differently because of the, because how did they know which way to do it? Context. And then in, in Revelation, which we believe John also wrote, Revelation 10 verse five speaks of an angel who raised up his right hand. So we see John uses this word in different ways. Again, I, I, are you, are, I'm hoping what you're seeing is that this is not me going to the text and wanting it to say something else. This is me going to the text and saying, hey, the way this word is translated doesn't seem to fit everywhere because if, it's, if, 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 if verse two, let's go back to it. If verse two is, 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 if this is the correct interpretation, it changes the whole message of John 15. 
But everything else isn't changed by this, only this is changed. If it, see, a branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So therefore, intimacy requires my fruitfulness. But no, no, no. Intimacy produces my fruitfulness is what we've learned throughout the rest of the text. So that the context is key. Uh, again, to just show you that this is not just me, here's translation notes. Again, there's translators. They have translate the Bible into English for us. This is out of the, the New English translation, sometimes called the Net Bible, sometimes called the Web Bible, because N-E-T, Net, it, it's also free for websites to use. So the Greek verb, airo, right, can mean lift up as well as take away. And it is sometimes argued that here is, uh, it is a reference to the gardener lifting up or propping up a weak branch so that it bears fruit again. Now, this is a translation that still chose to leave it, take away, but they wanted you to see, hey, this could be, there is room here for this. Yes, the, the King James Bible, which is not a great translation, um, did use it that way, but so we, we've sort of stuck with that, but we're not doing it. Here's my favorite. This is, and I, I, here's where I get to confess sin to you all. Um, last week, I, it's not sin, it's a mistake, and you all need to learn the difference. Um, that's another message. Uh, last week, I, I said that Eugene Peterson translated the Passion. I'm wrong. It was the message. I'm just so used to saying Eugene Peterson when it comes to a, a paraphrase of the Bible. It was Dr. Simmons. Uh, Dr. Simmons here gives his notes on this text, and I love this. It says, the Greek phrase, again, speaking of Iro, can also be translated, uh, he takes up to himself every fruitless branch. He does not remove the branches, but he takes them to himself. As the wise and loving farmer, he lifts them up off the ground to enhance their growth. In the, here's our word, context, Christ, in, in the context, Christ's endless love for his disciples on the last night of his life on earth seems to emphasize God's love even for those who fail and disappoint him. Somebody better get happy when they just heard that. Okay, Peter, oh, this is, so, this is worth the price of driving to church this morning even an hour earlier. Peter's denial didn't bring rejection from Jesus. Did, did Peter utterly fail? And what does Jesus do after the resurrection? Hunts Peter down. This, well, no, but he, he, Peter's not fruitful, so he gets, he gets, he gets, he gets hell. I'm, I'm aware that some of you want this verse to mean they go to hell so that you don't have to like Christians that you don't like. Can we not go there? Are we not allowed to go there? We don't want me to, don't we want to admit that they don't like some Christians? Raise your hand if you don't like some Christians. Everyone with their hand down is a liar. Here's the, here's the best part of that story. There's Christians that don't like you. I got a whole line of them. I'm a whole lot of people's favorite ex-pastor. But see, 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 failure doesn't result in Jesus rejecting us. I, I struggle to share my, the testimony of my, of my conversion because Jesus absolutely stepped into my story. I absolutely repented. I absolutely believed. I was at a Pentecostal thing, so I absolutely got filled with the Spirit, and I even she tied my bow tie when I did it. When I was flipping 13 years old. And then I discovered heroin. So, so people hear my testimony, and they assume that, that that'll happen prior to conversion, but here's the reality. That all happened after my conversion. 
Now the Lord got a hold of me again when, when he had to take me outside the country. He had to take me to freaking Guam because that's how much he loves me. Like I'm just gonna remove you from just civilization. Right, all the stupid things I did in my life, I did prior to my, after my conversion. And so, so I struggle. Did, did the Lord abandon me in that? Here's how I know he didn't. And I know this is gonna make some of you uncomfortable. This is gonna make some of you uncomfortable and, and, and just wear the hat, cowboy. Every night when I would go to sleep, I would hear the voice of the Lord asking me how my day was. It's actually part of the reason I became an addict because I could not stand that whisper. Couldn't stand it. Because I knew, I knew, listen, I knew how, I, how my day was. And even when my days were fun, they were not the right kind of fun. So I had to learn how to medicate myself to keep myself up when I needed to be up and down when I wanted to be down so I could not have to hear that whisper. See, see my, my denial, my failure didn't cause him to reject me. His goodness hunted my rebellious, stupid butt down until he won. This is why I try to tell you, like if you're running from Jesus, give up now, your legs will be less tired. He can run faster, he can run farther, and he loves you more than you love him. And so he's just going to keep running. He's just gonna keep running. So, 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 so we, we understand here then, these are translators who do this. I did something this week for you that I, <laughs> it's been a while since this has happened. I literally, you, you can ask some of the staff here, I literally on Friday, I came out of my office and I looked like I was like, had just gotten in a fist fight with, with myself. And I said, I have to go on a walk and I had to go wander around the woods because I, I went back to like old school days and I, I, had, I haven't done this in, honestly, I can't remember the last time I did this. I, I personally went back to Greek manuscripts and translated one verse. That's all I could do. I was like, I'm done. This hurts my brain. So, so hear me. This is my translation, my, my work of trying to do this for us. My work of trying to translate verse two. I'm not saying anybody should ever publish this. Please don't. But here it is. This is, this is how I would try to translate verse two. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he props up. And every branch that does bear fruit, he cleanses, which we'll get to that next week, resulting in, in more fruit. So, so I, I, want you to, I want you to see this here. Um, I, I want you to see this here. I, I want you, let me see if I can try to use this. Jeremy was me I could do this. Let's see if it works. Um, th this part here, I think gives us the clarity that we need. See, if, if we only apply the, the, that it may bear more fruit, the, the it in Greek is not specific to either, either branch. Could be applied to either, you, you get that? And so I think translating it this way helps us understand what, what Jesus is trying to communicate is this. The father cares for the vine, his, his, concern, his, his concern is the vine, and so therefore he's committed to the fruitfulness of the vine. And so all the branches, if he can get all the branches that are, are able to produce fruit to produce fruit, there will be more fruit. It's not just the pruning of the fruitful branches that cause more fruit, it's also the propping up of the fruitless branches that causes more fruit to be born. So again, we understand the word we've been using, context, this, in, in my not so humble opinion, is a better translation. Again, please hear me. This is not me wanting to make the text say something it doesn't. 
This is wanting to make sure that what we're reading is what the text actually says. So what we've got to understand is, is that the, 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 the goal of the Father is to, is, 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 to, is to make us fruitful. Amen? The goal of the Father is to make us fruitful. So our call is to abide in the vine so that we can be fruitful in the vine. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to go back. I don't even know how to do it. Does it go away? Oh, it stays there. That's cool. Yes, I don't know how to use it. Do I show up to your job and make fun of you for not knowing how to use your stuff? <sighs> Praise Jesus. You are a branch abiding in the true vine, cared for by the vine dresser, destined to bear much fruit. You're destined to bear much fruit because the Father is committed through covenant relationship with the Son that his sacrifice would not be meaningless, that his work would not go without reward. So your fruitfulness is, 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 a, is, a, is a guaranteed byproduct if you just stay put. The problem is too many of us get frustrated. Oh, I'm gonna free somebody this morning. Too many of us get frustrated with how long it's taking and we let religion tell us we should be further along on our journey. I, I, I'll, I'll, I remember early on in our, church, in our church's life, um, and again, this is church plant portion of the, of the church. I'm not trying to deny the, the, the Rock of Ages part. We talk about that one too. This is just, again, my journey. I, I remember we were trying to get people to serve in the church, right, to help out. And we wanted people to greet people, right? As they came in, we wanted to be a welcoming. We've always wanted to be a welcoming church. We always wanted to welcome people who show up. But nobody wanted to do that. So what we did was we just baptized all of the smokers into our door greeters. Because <laughs> they's out there anyways. And we did this by my wife just walking up to them. This will date how long ago it was. And just handed them bulletins. Like, here, hand these out. They're like, okay. And, and I remember church, like, Nobody who, who we were really reaching gave two flips about it, but all the church folk that showed up were like really offended by this. They're like, you got smokers out front. And I'm like, yeah, well, they used to smoke crack and now they're just smoking cigarettes. They're on a journey. We're gonna be good with it, okay? We're just gonna be okay that that's where they are right now. So, like, But here's, see, some of us think we should be further along, but what, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. What did we learn last week? What does righteousness mean? One who is as he ought to be. And Jesus says, come on, you are as you ought to be. Is that an excuse to stay where you are? Absolutely not. But is, that, is there any reason why you should allow guilt and shame and condemnation to come on you because you're not further along in your journey? Absolutely not. Because there is therefore now how much condemnation for those who are in abiding Christ? How much? How much? How much? So how much are you legally allowed to live in? But how many of you were taught that the only thing that will make you grow in Christ is feeling really, really bad about your sin? Come on, when I'm in Christ, I'm not even aware of my sin. One of the questions y'all keep asking me is like, well, so are you saying you don't sin anymore? And I keep, say, I keep giving, like, trying to give answers, but here's the true answer. I don't freaking know because I don't care anymore. 
I'm not trying to figure out how little I can sin. I'm trying to figure out how much I can abide. I know this is going to bother some of you, and I hope some of y'all can get here with me. And I know some of y'all are here with me, and I need y'all to amen with me. I don't think about sin anymore. I don't think about it. Why would I? There's nothing good there. Right? Like, here, oh, here's what sin is in the life of the believer. You puked, and now you want to go back and look at it. That's, I'm just quoting the Bible at you. It says, a dog returns to its vomit. Right, like, that's what we do. Like, why would you, like, like I'm not denying that it was there. I, just, I don't need to go back and look at it. Are you tracking with me? The call of the passage is to abide. You are a branch. That's all. It's supposed to be humbling and honoring all at the same time. You don't get to be the vine. Sorry, you just don't. You don't get to, the vine, that job's taken. Vine job taken. No openings anytime ever. You don't get to bring anything that gets to be a vine. You don't get to provide your own vine. You don't, you don't get to pick your vine. Right? Ricky Bobby was wrong. You don't get to have your own personal Jesus. I don't care if you like him wearing a tuxedo or being baby Jesus. It does not matter. There's not multiple Jesus side. He's the true vine. He's it. Well, I don't like what he requires of me. That's theologically what I would say in response. By the way, I'm not even through my intro yet. So we're going to stand to our feet. We're going to stand to our feet. I'm going to make somebody happy and other people mad, and that's fine. Really, all this means for me is that I have an easier job next week because the message is already written. Um, come on, we, we've got to abide. Come on, we've got to abide. We've got to abide. We've got to abide. We've got to abide. Amen? And, and, and here, here, here's, here's I'll, I'll take us to, to the end of this just because we can get to the end multiple ways. We abide more completely when we are more thoroughly convinced that he's always and only good. Come on, we, we leave abiding because we think there's good somewhere else. I've talked about the fact that he is, he is immutably good. Does anybody remember this? We, we've taught that immutably means always and only. So, so the only thing you'll find, if you, if you take a core sample of Jesus, all you'll find all the way down is goodness. All the non-Christians in the room are like, that's not true, because if that was true, they would be happy. Right? That all he is forever and always is good. We're not always capable of seeing it. Amen? Come on, some stuff that the Lord does in my life, I'm like, that, that does not look good to me. But here's what, here's what being a believer, here's what being a disciple means, here's what being a branch means. I admit that I'm wrong. That he is good, even when I don't see it. And I ask him to show me the good. He's always, and he's only good. So he's immutably good. But here, here's, here, here's, what I, here's the other piece that I now need to teach you. He's uniquely good. Nobody else is good like him. There's no other name under heaven by which people can be saved. It's only him. He's the only one good enough. The way I've tried to say this to you is there's other, other things are worth less. I didn't say they're worthless. I said they're worth less. Now, in comparison, because they are worth less, they're worthless. You, you, you tracking with me? So what we've got to grasp, what we've got to get a hold of, beloved, 
is his goodness because when you get when you get bought in when you when you when you in the gamble of life when you're dealt the, the hand of God's goodness you push all your chips into the middle of the table or you like you don't like well I'll keep back a couple in case this hand fails it ain't gonna fail I, I'm not saying it's gonna turn out the way you like it but it's not gonna fail After he's done being good, he's good again. And when the sun wait, when the sun comes up, his, his mercies are new. So that you can, that mercy is there so you can see his goodness again. And his grace makes it possible so that when you hit a time of need, when everything in life skids, when you thought it was gonna zig, but it zagged instead, when you thought it was gonna go right, but, but life went left, and you're in that time of need, he, he, his grace makes your entrance into his throne room still possible. So you can walk up to the king, climb up on his lap and say, can you help me see how this is good? Come on, he's good, he's good, he's good, he's good, he's good. He's always good. He's never anything but good. You say, but I got bad news this week. The news can be bad. He's good, come on. I told you if you were here and you, you, you weren't a believer, I, I would let you know how to be part of the family at the end. So here, here's my chance. You thought I lied. I don't blame you. The Bible says that when we're outside Christ, the Bible describes us as enemies of God because we reject him as God and we rebel against his goodness. We reject that, that what I've just been declaring, that he's good. We say, no, he's not good. And we work, we work against that goodness, whether we recognize it or not, whether we're conscious of it or, or not, whether we do it by what we do or whether we do it by what we fail to do. We have to recognize that we, we deny that. And that makes us, we choose to make ourselves his enemies. It's not by his choice, it's by ours, amen? But the goodness of God comes and says that He'll conquer, come on, our rebellion. He'll reject our rejection. And as he does that, he gives us an opportunity to go from being his enemies to literally being his family. And the way that that happens, the way that he delivers that free gift so that you can begin to abide in his goodness is through this gift of, of repentance and belief repentance and faith. Repentance is just a, a, a Bible word. It means to admit and abandon our sin. Admit and abandon the rejection of rebellion. Admit once and for all that he really is good. Abandon all the things, all the places, all the practices that we've gone to to try to find good where God says it's not good. Abandon all the places that we've tried to go to to figure out who we are, how we can be safe, how we can be secure, how we can be happy. Admit all of those things as worthless and abandon them. And then believe doesn't mean to mentally think it's true. Believe means to embrace Jesus and entrust him with everything. Because listen to me, friend, he is everything. So we admit and we abandon, we embrace and we trust. And the Bible says the moment that happens in us, the moment we receive that gift, we are transferred from enemy to family. It even goes farther than that. It says we transfer from being dead to being alive. 
That's how, that's how total and complete the transformation is. And if you're here, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I know I shouldn't do this, but this is, the, this is the word in my heart. You are stupid if you don't take that deal. Worst evangelist ever. But uh, that's how good he is. Like that's, that's like, that's how good, it's like, it's, it. He wants to give you the gift of new life and he wants to give you the gift that will get you the gift of new life. He takes care of everything. I'm preaching the rest of my message. He uses the gift of everything. So if you're here and you're, if you're here and, and that's you, I, I, I don't need you to raise your hand. I don't need you to, to come and tell me. I don't need any of that. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to cry out to the Father. I don't have magic words for you to pray after me. I don't need you to repeat after me. I don't need you to bow your head and close your eyes. I don't need you to close your head and bow your eyes. I don't need you to do any of that. You need to cry out to the Father for yourself. And then we're going to move toward our response. We're going to give time for this. We believe that when we hear, we should respond. Amen? So here's how we're going to respond as we do each and every week. Celebration, contemplation, communion. We're going to celebrate. Come on. We're going to lift our voice and we're going to celebrate the goodness of our God. Amen? This is, this is the get happy portion of the service. Amen? Contemplation. We're going to take time to let God saturate us in this reality. Come on, that he's good. Amen? And communion. Communion we do a couple different ways. We commune one with another. Over here, there's some lights and a cross. There's a team over there that would love to stand with you and pray with you if you're going through something in your life and you want, you need to see God do a miracle in your life. They would love to stand and pray and believe with you for a miracle in your life. We believe something really simple and really crazy. When we pray, God hears us. And when God hears us, he responds. So when we pray, stuff happens. Not because we're super ninja, awesome superheroes, but because our God is just that good. Amen. So I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's physical, emotional, relational, financial, spiritual, whatever. They would love to stand with you and pray with you. I tell the people over here all the time, it's worth the walk. It's worth the walk. They'll pray extra for you. Sorry. They'll pray extra for you. Y'all get normal prayer. Y'all get supersized prayer because you had to walk further. Those are calories you'll never get back. The other way we commune is through partaking in the gift that Jesus gave us of communion. And I want to say this about communion. Communion, the, the, the bread and the cup, the representation of the broken body, the shed blood of Jesus, listen, listen, is not there to remind you of your sin. It's not there to remind you of your sin. It's there to remind you of the price that was paid for your sin. What did Jesus say on the cross? It is what? Finished. It's done. It's over. So when you come up and take communion, it's not to gain forgiveness. It's to celebrate the fact that you are already forgiven. The price has already been paid. There's enough, oh, there's enough credit to cover all of your mess ups. Like the, the country western theologian said, from here to eternity. Amen? So these tables are open to all who put their faith in Jesus. We take by antiquation, we take a piece of bread, dip in the cup and partake. White tables have gluten-free stuff in them. Uh, if you need that, you can use those. If you're not comfortable taking communion this way in this sort of a season, we get that. So we have little gray baskets toward the back of the room with curing communion in it, little pre-packaged. You can take those if you'd, if you'd prefer. We're gonna celebrate, we're gonna worship, I'm gonna pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for, for, for the revelation of, of your goodness, come on, and our righteousness. So we don't have to withdraw. We don't have to pull away. We don't have to, 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 to remove ourselves. 
but we can know that we can rest in you. We can rest in you. We're called to remain in you. We're called to abide in you. God, would you win our attention and our affection with your goodness? Would you show us just how good you are? Lord, for those who, who, who know your goodness, for those of you who are aware of your goodness, God, would you, would you show them that, that they have yet to even, even partake in the reality of how good you are? And for those who don't know your goodness, God, would you just win them over to the reality of just how good you are? fresh revelation of your goodness, God. Church, let's respond to the Lord.